You'll do it right to get your hands on tools you can count on and at lower prices. Lowe's does it right, too, with savings during Craftsman Days. Hurry in and take advantage of great deals like a Craftsman 20-volt Max 4-Tool Combo Kit featuring a drill, impact driver, reciprocating saw, and task light for just $149. And pick up a 17-inch gas string trimmer for only $129. Whatever projects are on your list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 6-5, U.S. only. You'll do it right to get your hands on tools you can count on and at lower prices. Lowe's does it right, too, with savings during Craftsman Days. Hurry in and take advantage of great deals like a Craftsman 20-volt Max 4-Tool Combo Kit featuring a drill, impact driver, reciprocating saw, and task light for just $149. And pick up a 17-inch gas string trimmer for only $129. Whatever projects are on your list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 6-5, U.S. only. Or do they teach you to talk like this in some Panama City sailor want a hump hump bar? Or is this getaway day and your last shot at his whiskey? Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Hey, this is Sugar Shane coming at you with another episode of Sanctuary with Sweet uh, Sweet Truth. Got Billy D's with me. How's everybody doing this evening? Hope everyone listening is having a great evening and having a great week. Yeah, it's been pretty, uh, uh, I wouldn't say great week, wasn't bad week. It's been uneventful, nothing major, major, but uh, been trying to get some thoughts together. Uh, I'm actually fixing to, uh, for those of you that don't know, I've been writing in the writing process of a a book, but I'm more, I think I'm more or less going to concern myself with the pilot right now and just kind of write from the pilot's perspective for right now. I'm still going to do, go back to the other probability, but I'm still working on this other end. And I, what I'm fixing to do is uh, actually sit down and draw the city itself, uh, like uh, different sections of it, and map it out and hang it on my wall in front of me where I work. Okay. That way I can have that to go on. Because, I mean, this city is like, to me, it's real. I mean, I know it's not real. I'm not stupid, but I mean, to me, it's an actual place. And when I'm wanting to spot something out, I can look at the map and say, okay, they're going to be here. And if they're going to go there, you know, I can, you know, work everything right. related to general facts to a, to a degree anyway. So right. I don't want them to take a, you know, hour drive to the other side of wherever they're at. And then in the, in the, in the television pilot, make it look like it's been five minutes. Hmm. You know, you know, I want everything to be pretty well factual while it's all a, right. While it's a slash soap drama in a way, I don't want it to have the soap drama that you get in daytime soaps. You know what I mean? Where you have a kid yeah. born and six weeks later it's eight years old. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I want everything to be based on some form of some form of facts. And uh, so I'm going to draw that up and everything. And uh, I've actually been doing some research on the Irish because I've got the Irish element involved okay. in there and i've been doing a little bit of that too so have it quit awesome. working uh, i'm just getting things prepared for the next step where i'm writing it uh how's your few days been it's been okay have you uh checked out the uh the most recent episode of game of thrones 
No, I haven't. I'm watching it. Tomorrow. Oh, you got to check that out. Yeah, I'm going to watch it tomorrow night. Matter of fact, yeah, I don't, don't want to talk about it. Then I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it for the audience either. But just about everybody has seen the episode. Right. So. Well, I'll tell you what. Monday we'll do a wrap up because uh, hopefully. Now I'll Sunday's the final, the final, final episode. One. Yeah, it's the yeah. final episode of the season. Right. So I don't know that I'll get a chance to watch Sunday's Monday. But Monday, we'll talk about this past week's, and then maybe Thursday, next week's episode, we'll talk about the season, give a general analysis of what we thought of it. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. We're going to watch it tomorrow night. We were talking about it just a little bit ago before we went on the air here. I was like, man, hang on. I got, we ain't even watched that yet. And I'm usually right on it, but I've been so busy this week with one thing and another, and I keep forgetting. So I know we got. I'm off tomorrow. She gets off sometime earlier, so we're going to definitely watch it tomorrow. Well, I'll give you this. I'll give you this teaser. Okay. Okay. I'll it's something pretty what's the word here amazing happens to one of the dragons oh. so you can yeah you gotta you gotta check it out oh yeah i definitely gotta look at that i love the whole dragon aspect i mean a lot of people say well i don't like fantasy because it's got dragons in it i mean it's fantasy you're supposed to have dragons sometimes i mean i, I don't have a problem with it i mean i never have uh I mean, I, know, I understand where they're coming from because one day I'd like to write a fantasy novel and I've had things I've started and I don't want to do the typical fantasy novel right. where, you know, you have warriors and the elves and the, and the dwarves, so what and somewhat, and then it's just that and the dragons and they're all looking for some particular relic. <laughs> but in the same aspect, I wouldn't mind using some of that but putting in my own element. I just haven't figured out what my own element is yet. I'm still working yeah. on that. My only complaint with the season so far is there hasn't been. It doesn't seem like there's been as many bare breasts. See, no, that's, there that's hasn't been. Of, yeah, there hadn't been any nudity hardly at all. Yeah, hardly at all. What a drag, man! I know, that's man. Kind of, that's kind of what you know. It's, what, it had the right combination of breasts and blood. That's you know? what makes the show titillating, right there. It, absolutely. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> but uh, it's just, I think the reason why is they've spent so much time knowing there's only two seasons left and everything's got to be done in 13 episodes because next season's only going to be six. Okay. So I think what they're doing is they're just getting down to business more or less and not really, not saying, you know, you don't necessarily miss the bare breast, but I'm just saying they're getting down to business and not really getting into that particular aspect. But yeah, I don't think there's been... God, if there's been any nudity, I don't know of any, right? That I can think of. Yeah, th there's been some. Oh, has there? Okay, I've yeah, I'm there's been to... some. Yeah, I mean, it didn't like that first season. Good lord, that first season. Oh man, my God, that first season is like every episode. You're good to see about four or five romps, and that son of a gun, man. As a matter of fact, one of my uh, one of my friends in the, uh, in the in the marketing group that I belong to, he said his his, his uh, girlfriend calls it dragon porn. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Game of hoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty much what it is. That, one of my figments, as far as the nude scenes go in the show throughout the seasons, one of my biggest memories, and not try to throw it off for anybody, was in the first season when they're in Littlefinger's uh, brothel. And he's trying to teach that one girl what to do with the men by using the other girl. Oh, man. And I'm like, good love sitting there watching that. Like, God, it's damn near porn right here, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely amazing. I was, I, was, uh, I caught that. I, I don't know the actor's name right off, right off the top of my head, but the guy that plays Jon Snow, 
He yeah. was on uh, TV the other day, and I guess he actually – they shot a lot of this in Spain. And they actually have shot alternative endings because they were afraid of the um, the paparazzi and all that uh, spoiling the, the, the show. So they actually shot a bunch of, like, fake scenes so that they didn't know which one was going to get used. Good, good. Well, yeah. you know they had a hack on HBO. Yeah, they did. That and that's, sixth, becoming a, that's becoming a big thing now. Yeah, the sixth episode actually got leaked out before it aired. Wow. Somehow. Somebody wanted to know if I wanted to see it, and I said, no, I don't want to see it. So I'll see no. it when it comes out. I'm not for that. No, I, guess that's no. the, I guess that's the artist in me, the film buff, acting, whatever part of me but no i don't want to see it I, i'd rather see it when it's when it when it's new when it's fresh and everybody else gets a look at it i'm not for well, that you know it's just like uh illegally downloading music right you know it, it's it's just like stealing yeah yeah i mean it's just like going into a record store and picking up a cd and walking out with it i mean it's if it's illegal i mean uh doing an illegal download is 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 a form of stealing yeah so and and you know that's something that I was talking to one of my buddies who's he he's his his company is more in tune to musicians and he knows a lot of musicians and he's been in the business a long time and and, and he said that's one of the things about the music industry that has changed and I never really considered this but he's right but music has with the younger generation has become an entitlement something that they shouldn't have to pay for right and I'm not exactly sure how that happened. I agree. Well, the reason why is I'm not saying they're right, but with the invention of MP3s and your iPhones and everything's downloaded to your phone, and uh, so now it's so easily accessed to now where you can download songs so easy it ain't even funny and make CDs. I, mean, I could download 20 songs right now and make a CD and have it do you in three or four minutes. It's that easy. It's actually accessible. And uh, I'm not saying that makes it right. That's not what I'm saying. You're breaking up. Oh, I'm not saying that makes it right. Yeah. But, um, and CD sales have dropped, (coughs) excuse me, to the extent that now nobody even cares about buying a CD anymore. I couldn't tell you you last time I bought a CD. I listen to most of my music through YouTube next time now. If I'm going to listen to something new, I'll, I'll put on there. I'll look at the billboard charts every now and then. I'll see who's what in the top, whatever. And I'll say, what song is this? And I'll go to YouTube, Google it, or put it on YouTube and listen to it and see what it's all about. I hardly right. ever buy a CD anymore. It's just not nothing. It's, it's, and, in, and in 10 years, if that, I'm, that's being generous, That if that, there will be no more CDs. You will not find a CD anywhere in a store unless it be at a used store. Mark my words, because there's no reason for them. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be the. I kind of come from this world. There's always going to be the audiophile who who wants the really good sounding stuff. Well, yeah, and then that person is going to go to CDs or SACDs or other formats. There's actually some digital formats out there that, that really sound fantastic. But but you, you know, it's amazing to me. And here here again, this is the audiophile coming out of me. It's amazing to me with all the technology that is available now. The public generally wants the formats that are most convenient and ones that can have high-capacity storage. They really put sound quality on the shelf. As a matter of fact, a lot of people aren't even aware that high-performance audio exists. 
You know, as oh, far no. as they're concerned, as far as they're concerned, you know, everybody's phone in terms of sound quality sounds exactly the same. Well, the you know, nobody says I my heard, phone sounds better. The first time I heard the, th- the term um, sound in HD, I thought they was bullshitting me. Yeah, yeah, it's out there, man. It sounds great, but did not. To me, it, it just doesn't seem like the public is interested in those real ultra high end formats. Right. So. Oh yeah, it's totally different, man. It's it's like a shit. I agree. Now that I know what it is and I've heard it. I mean, to a trained ear, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's totally different sound than just regular standard. It's totally different. I mean, it's 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 like a beautiful piece. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, there'll always be CDs, like I've said. Like, I mean, you can go to certain places now and buy an LP. At a, sure. You know, you know, but you're not going to go to Walmart and buy an LP. No. And so eventually, I'm saying they're going to pull them out of Walmart too. CDs will be gone. They'll be all at used stores because everything is going to be MP3. Everybody's going to buy them on their phones. They're going to buy the new music anyway and stuff like right. that. There, there's there's just no need for it. I mean, you go to a studio now and a radio a radio store uh, DJ and DJ at a, a radio station. Everything's MP3. It's on a file right there on your thing, and everything's hit. They don't nobody hits. Nobody puts a CD in. Yeah. I mean, it's just not done. It's amazing to me that more radio stations don't at least use wave file. But right. that's my, you know, that's my. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, I understand. yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, I did want to make mention of this. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse and keep talking about it, but this is not talking about the situation. I'm just trying to encourage people. For you that have been following the Charlottesville thing and all that, I've been watching a very good piece. You're aware of who Ken Burns is, right? The guy that did the Civil War stuff? Yeah. Okay. Well, he does He does all kinds of documentaries. Oh, but yeah. He, I just, but he that, did, that's the one but, he's known for. Yeah, but he did the Civil War documentary that you're talking of. Yeah, it's nine episodes. They're like an hour and a half a piece. So you got to watch right. them when you got a little bit of time and you, you, you know, want to sit down and watch it. But, man, I'm telling you, definite work of art. And when you watch this, it gives you a better perspective of knowing a little bit more about the Civil War. And the reason why I say watch this is, is because of these people that are on Facebook, yada, 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 and all this. Maybe you know and maybe you don't know. I don't know what your intelligence is, and I don't know how much of the facts you fucking know. I really don't. But the fact of the matter is, on this, if you're going to talk about something, be a little bit, of, you know, have a little bit of intelligence about what you're going to be talking about. And research it a little bit. And when you read, when you, he has all nothing but facts throughout this whole thing. This whole thing is nothing but facts. Most of the stuff that he has in there is quotes from like Frederick Douglass, Abraham Lincoln, Robert E. Lee's got quotes in there, all of them from both sides. Very right. good piece of work. I didn't even realize myself that Robert E. Lee, right after Fort Sumter fell, was called to the White House and Abraham Lincoln wanted him to run the Union, Union Army. I had no clue. That is correct. I didn't even know that. So, and, and, like, and like I said, the only reason why he didn't do it is he wanted to go with his state. It had he didn't want to fight it. Yeah, he didn't want yeah. to fight against his home state. Correct. Right. Yeah. He didn't even believe in slavery. He didn't believe in succeeding from the Union. But he went with what Virginia did because he was a diehard Virginian. That's what it boiled down to. And I'm not condoning him for that. But I'm just saying that's what he felt like anyway. That was his convictions. And uh, and, and then you, you start listening to it and you realize, you know, I'm not saying slavery wasn't a major issue in the war because it was. But for the South, you have to wonder, was everybody fighting for slavery when all the people that fought in the war, only 2% of the Southerners that fought, owned slaves? That was it. Not everybody that fought in the Civil War owned slaves, because what little people didn't know, what most people don't know, is most people in the South did not have enough money to own slaves. 
That is true. Poverty, poverty was was really big in the South, and 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 my take, my this was this is my own. I was exposed to the Civil War a lot. My dad was a amateur historian, mm. and the problem was, you know, a lot of people feel that the South lost largely because they weren't as as rich as the North, and that's only partially true. The South was far from poor. As a matter of fact, the South was richer than just about any European country except for England, okay, mm. if, my, if my memory serves me correctly. But the problem was, and here's, here's what I always say, this is to me what's, what's more relevant. The problem was is like, like you say, the people that ha- had the brutal plantations and everything were a minority, okay? They were like less than 1%. Now, where have you heard that before? And and that one percent had all the wealth, right? And and that's the problem right there. When you hear about Southerners talking about all the taxation and everything, the reason that the rich were getting taxed a lot was they were the only ones who had any taxable resources. <laughs> Most of the people right. didn't have squat. There was yeah. nothing to tax. Okay, Most, it wasn't well, it wasn't that the rich was getting picked on, and the uh, uh, everything in the South. Their, their infrastructure, the railroads were only set up to move cotton, okay? They didn't develop education. They had no skilled labor in the South because their economy was entirely reliant upon forced labor. Right. And in the North, you had a much more diversified economy. You had infrastructure. You had railroads. You had factories. You had all these things. And that's why the, the North had such an advantage when it came to making wartime materials. And that's all because they had a, a societal hierarchy in the South that served the richest people only. And the idea that, like you said, the idea that whites had it easy down there across the board is very, very untrue. That is a big myth. Most of the people that lived in the South were in poverty. And a lot of the things with the way they didn't develop education and all the the problems with literacy and all that that almost continues to this day to this day it's down there so uh yeah it was a it was a bad thing for everybody and that's what happens when you let too few of people control everything i'll tell you you how distorted numbers were i said there was two percent of the people that fought in the south owned slaves well there was nine million people in the confederacy four million were slaves so only five million people were regular, regular Confederate citizens that were free. So out of them five million, only two percent old slaves. I mean, that goes to show you who had the vast majority of the wealth. Most of yeah, the people, most I, I, most of the people were farmers. Yeah. And, and, I, 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 oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't mean. I, I was going to say that figure is probably a little higher. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of people that, that that had slaves probably only had, you know, maybe as far as help around the farm or whatever. The brutal plantations were a small fraction. Yeah. But the amount of people that had slaves probably extended into the upper middle class. But here again, they weren't they weren't representative of what was happening on the plantations. And you're right; the vast majority that got swept up in that war had no part in slavery at all. None. And most of them were just rural farmers, and what they grew, they ate themselves. They didn't even know they they didn't even know what they were fighting. They, they didn't want to go to war with the North over all that. They, they didn't even understand what that was about. You know, it's just like I, I I kind of make the same analogy as far as that is concerned with a lot of maybe good Germans who were forced to fight for the Nazis. 
I mean, right. they, they did, a lot of them, especially once the Nazis really started taking hold in Germany, the German people knew they were screwed. But there was nothing they could do about it. Mm. So, uh, you know, there's there was a lot of good German people who were were under the under the brutal hand of the Nazis. Then after the war, they got they got the wrath of the allies. Well, Everybody hated them. What do you think would have happened if they stood up and said no? Yeah, that, well, you know what would have happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm not saying, you know, this is right, but I'm just saying I can understand where they're coming from. Yeah, I'm sure not all of them were diehard Nazis and wanted to do what they were doing. Oh, no, no. Uh, well, we know what's coming up this Saturday night. Not that I'm going to be paying to watch it. Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather are going to fight. Oh, man. Uh, I'm more in opinion that probably Floyd Mayweather will win, but uh, only because of the style of fighting. But I'm not necessarily sold that he's definitely go- definitely going to win. Because um, right. I will say that Conor McGregor, if I take the two mind states and I had to put uh-huh. them up against one another, I would pick Conor McGregor as far as mental mind states. Because he's got a he's got a determination about him. Uh, he's a self made millionaire, and he told his dad when he was younger that he was going to be a self millionaire. Made millionaire by the time he was twenty five, and his daddy laughed at him. And he said he yeah. was he said he was late. He made it at twenty six. <laughs> so I mean, he's got a determination about him that when he puts his mind to something, he usually does it. And Dana right. Dana White, which is the one that discovered him. Not discovered him as a fighter, but discovered what he was doing and put him in the UFC as the president of the of the UFC. He made a statement that he said people might be might be in uh, shock come Saturday night. They might be an upset. He said it could very well be an upset in that bout. So I'm interested in seeing. Like I said, I'm not going to watch it. I'll get up Sunday and see who won. But uh, we might be. It, might, it could be a shock. Um, mm-hmm. They both good at running their mouths. I mean, as far as yeah. that part goes, I don't even know who I'd give the best boat to. I mean, they're both good at that shit. I don't. I don't know anything about fighting per se, and part of me wants to say that that's it's almost a a barbaric sport. But the, oh, I'm not. I'm not going to argue with you. I don't watch it at all. I don't have. But, any, I don't have the desire to watch two men getting ring beat shit out of one another. Never. From have. what I from what I understand, they say that. Floyd Merriweather is probably the better boxer, and if it oh, was yeah. a cage, ma- if it was a cage match or whatever it is that those fighting guys do, that you know, McGregor would have the upper hand because he can use his feet and all that so so well. But he he obviously cannot do that right in a, in a boxing match. So I don't know. Well, he started as a kickboxer, and then he went into UFC, and of course UFC you can use anything just about, and he, right. you know he he does use his legs quite a bit being a kickboxer, but of course when he goes to face Mayweather, he can't use his legs. It's not a kickboxing match. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I say in probability it might probably will be Floyd Mayweather because of the style of fighting. But like I said, I don't know what he you know I don't know. It all depends. Like I said, his mind state is a little bit different than most. Well, I wouldn't want to tangle with either one of them. Oh, no. Hell no. I wouldn't want to get in the ring with either one of them, but any style of fight. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, he's a badass. Checkers, maybe. Yeah, both of them's bad. Yeah, I'll play him a game of chess, but other than that, they're both badasses as far as that goes. I ain't going to lie about it when it comes to fight. But I'm like you. I don't see the point in the shit myself. I just don't. 
I mean, we got enough. I mean, we're sitting here and we want to tell folks violence isn't the answer. Let's don't hate one another. And then you're going to put two men in the middle of the ring and tell them to go 12 rounds and beat the shit out of one another. It, it, to me, it's 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 entertainment that goes back to the Middle Ages. It, oh, it's yeah. just it's I, Roman Coliseum. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. Like I said, I watch wrestling from time to time, but I know wrestling's not real. I know them two guys ain't getting in the ring with a beef against one another. They're not going to beat the shit out of another. If it gets, somebody gets hurt, it's an accident. Right. I know that before it ever starts. You know, it's almost like, I don't know if you follow Roman or no, I'm sure you too knew this, but the Roman Coliseum fights, all of them weren't real. Some of them were staged for right. the benefit of the people. Not everything was real that happened there. There was some, Many of those fights were uh, staged and set up for the benefit of the audience because right. it was drive up, you know, sales and shit. That was the reason for it. So, I mean, that's what I look at it as. But as far as, you know, fighting, kickboxing, and all that shit, no, I don't watch that. I wouldn't, I've never bought a damn boxing pay-per-view, nor will I ever buy a boxing pay-per-view. It's about $100, I hear. Yeah, it's high shit. Yeah. They, could bring, they could bring Rocky Marciano out of the grave and Muhammad Ali out of the grave, and I doubt I'd buy it. Hmm. That's how much I don't, I don't, I just don't see the sense <laughs> in the sport. I don't see right, the sense right. in the sport. I don't even consider it a sport. I mean, is it a sport from a competition standpoint? Yeah. But to me, it's just brutal. Just to stand there and beat. And, and the chance you could, you mean, it's probably it's not probable all the time, but there is somebody could die from it. All right. You could hit somebody the wrong way and they die in the middle of the damn ring. I mean, no, I don't, no. So, yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about this Powerball winner. Oh, okay. She won from Massachusetts. She won $758 million. I think her bring home was around $400 million. Wow. Hospital worker. Worked there 32 years. Now, while I congratulate her, and I, and I, don't, I didn't buy a ticket, so it didn't really matter to me. I congratulate her. But I want to let people know real quick, because I do do motivational things to talk about motivation. Lottery winning is not success. That, my friend, is luck. That just because you have money doesn't make you a success. And I couldn't tell you how many people I've read about and heard about this one lottery broke today. Broke is a joke. And you think it's not possible to get broke if you win large sums of money but if you don't manage it right yeah it's possible to get broke yeah and not saying that she will do this I'm just using this as an example because it happened to happen today and I heard her in the interview and it said that for her to win the lottery was a pipe dream and that's pretty much what that is a pipe dream there's a difference between a pipe dream and a real dream <clears throat> and she got it and when they asked her what she was going to do she would already quit her job which I don't blame her I wouldn't do the 9 to 5 grind anymore myself and she was going to sit back and relax and see that's the difference between somebody with a drill dream and somebody with a pipe dream because if I had bought that ticket 
and I had won that 758 million with a bring home of 400 million dollars. I can tell you right now, I believe you don't get your check for the first 30 days. Something like that. I can tell you right now, I would not be sitting down relaxing. At all. I would be managing in my mind and on paper where I was going to spend that money to get my real dream to come true. That's the difference. Because I wouldn't stop. I would buy a radio station. I would set up a studio. I would do all that shit with that money. That's exactly what I would do with that money if I won $400 million. I know without a shadow of a doubt. I couldn't sit on my ass. I'd go crazy. So I'm I'm just explaining the difference between luck and success. Luck does exist in this case because she just happened to pick the right numbers and they got picked. And kudos to her. I wouldn't turn down $400 million either. I'm just saying the difference of where my $400 million would probably be spent compared to where her $400 million is probably going to be spent. Because I would invest mine toward a future of what I really want to do in my life. Because I wouldn't stop. I would right. still I would still continue to move on. And I mean I've all, I've always thought about if I won a lottery or something like buying a station and I've even thought about it as far as who I would hire and all this kind of shit. I've got all that stuff in my head. Well, I mean it's probably not ever gonna happen, but I have it there in case it does happen. I always have that thought. Thought about television studio, how much it would cost to be I probably wouldn't buy one, I'd try to build one. A case like that if I won that kind of money. I could wire it up for you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And there's no doubt that's what I did. And when I asked, they asked me two years ago in my orientation meeting at, where I work at now, they went around a table and asked everybody what they'd do if I won a million dollars. I got them, I tell you, I've heard some answers in my day, but there's something I heard in there. I was like, what the fuck? And they got around to me and they said, what would you do if you won a million dollars? I said, I'd buy a radio station. That was my answer then. And that's my answer now, two hours, two years later. Now, you could do that with a lot less than $400 million. Oh, a yeah. A lot less. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, you could do it with I a mean, lot it, less I mean, it's within million. reach. I mean, that's something you could consider. I, I would be a little nervous about it because I'm not exactly sure what's happening with the radio industry right now. But there was a time when I considered it. When I had my own business back in the day, back in the late 1980s and early 1990s, and I was young and full of piss and vinegar and right. felt that I could do no wrong, I was actually going down that road. Well, I wouldn't do music radio. I would do talk radio. Right. That, it would be a talk radio station. Oh, yeah. you'd hey, yeah. The, the music, like we were just saying a little bit ago, it's too easy to get. You don't right. have to listen to the radio to hear your favorite song anymore. Mm-mm. I'd so. do talk radio, and it would be... Uh, I would like to get the lineup if I was doing talk radio where, and I would have my own show. I wouldn't just buy the station and let it sit. Somebody else do the shit. I'd have my, my show too. And then other people would have shows or we, you know, whatever the case may be. But I would like to have, if you have, you know, if you got a conservative that wants a talk spot, have him a conservative. Then we could have a liberal and both sides be able to tell their tale on the same station. 
That way, right. I, I don't want a die-hard Fox News radio station. I don't want a die-hard CNN news radio station. I want a nice mix. I would even like it if I could get the two not to kill each other to have a conservative and a liberal on the same show doing a radio talk show. <laughs> right. But I would love to do that. And then I would like to even have uh, a loose, laid-back, you know, where you could just not, I mean, it would have to be FCC, but something where it'd be not rover to the extreme. I don't want that. But something that could be, have inject some humor. You could be funny right. with it. You know what I'm saying? That kind of talk show. And, uh, yeah, I would love to do that. Have a whole set, you know, stuff like that. You know, I would like it to be, you know, competitive. So I, the location would have to be considered. But this is a dream. I don't know. I, I know of me and my brother looked into it, like I said one time before. There was a station in Atlanta that was for sale. It was an FM station with a 100-mile radius. Okay. And, and they only wanted $250,000 for it. But. I ain't got two hundred fifty thousand dollars, but that's what they wanted for the station. I don't know if it's still for sale or not. Right. But we were looking at. He got somewhere, and he was just looking up for stations around there. Some was a million, some was you know less, some was for this. But this one happened to be a quarter of a million, and the radius was a hundred mile signal. And I was like, damn, I wish I could get that one. Because what I would like to do is buy one station, make it successful, buy another station, buy another station. I'd like to do it that way. Right. That's, that's how I would like to do it. But uh, make it like a conglomerate thing. Maybe Wilson Media Productions or something one day, but that's that's a long shot. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Did you hear about this Denver cheerleader? Yeah. Man, that's extracurricular activities right there at your best, boy. We just got through talking about public high school last week. Why I really scared to put my kids in it. And lo and behold, it ain't the damn bullies that's bullying people this time. It's the damn coach. Telling girls to do a split, making them do it in a video. Yeah, she looked like uh, she was in pain. Oh, God, yeah. Her whole face looked like somebody's guy. And it's just somebody happened to be filming it with their phone, and they sent it to somebody. I forget, oh, a KO something, a news station there in Cleveland. And that's how it got put on video. They didn't even know they were filming it. Somebody was standing by the side, and they seen it, and I guess they got distraught over it. And sent it to the news station there in Denver, Colorado. Principals being investigated, coach, assistant coach, every day about it just about is being investigated over this now. The police are doing a federal inve- police are doing an investigation of the incident. Yeah, I, I can tell you my experience with athletics when I was young is that it, you that pro- that type of thing probably happens more with male driven sports, and you don't hear about it as much. I, I I felt forced to play. My, my, I, and I can understand my dad and a lot of parents. <clears throat> a lot of parents, you have to point your kids in the right direction sometimes, or otherwise your kids will do you know won't do anything. Do nothing. Yeah. So yeah, so you got to you know give them a nudge. But when it comes to something like playing football, and anymore a lot of these cheerleaders now that's a that was a school they don't do some of those real crazy athletic things. But <clears throat> anymore a lot of these these cheerleaders are, are doing things that are pretty close to gymnastics. And when you're doing something that's that physical, you have to want to do it or you're going to get hurt. And that's, that's what happened to me. I, I was kind of, kind of half-hearted playing football there that last year or two, and I was getting hurt because I, I, my heart wasn't in it. And there comes a time when, when, when the, the, the nudge, the little push, you've got to back off. 
And when you got somebody that's screaming, please stop, I'm in pain, man, it's time to let off. Right. You know? I mean, that that was horrible. That was just absolutely horrible. There was no reason for that. No, not whatsoever. And I have to say, and I'm not trying to uh, make myself sound better than anybody else, but I have to say this about myself as a dad, and I'm going to go ahead and boast and stroke my own ego here a little bit. Go ahead. I have to say this about me. Do I want my kids to be involved in something? Yes, I do. But I can honestly say, while I would love for it to be something like baseball, because I love baseball, I like playing baseball, my kid could come in here and tell me right now, hey, Daddy, I want to be a tap dancer. If he really wanted to do it, I'd be the one to take him to the damn classes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Dancer. I don't give a shit. Because let me tell you something, man. There's some skill in that damn tap dancing, boy. If he gets it down pat and does it as good as Gregory Hines, hell, I'll be happy with him. So, I mean, you know, you can't, I agree with giving your kids a nudge. The way I would give the nudge, I was I would nudge their mind, not their body. I would sit down with my son and say, look, son, it's time, you know, you need to start doing a little something. You know, what your interest may be. Have you thought about it? What do you got a passion to do? I wouldn't tell him what my passion is for him to do. And that's the difference. I'd love for my kid to come in and say he want to take piano lessons. I wished I'd have done it when I was younger and didn't do it. It doesn't matter to me. I don't think, oh, my kid wants to dance. They must be fruity, whatever. I don't give a shit if they was. But I don't think that, I don't think something like that classifies a person's sexuality in the first damn place. Right, you're exactly right. That's stupid. And that's one thing that uh, that I've brought up in the past before. I mean, how many times that, you know, the, the, there might be a, a a boy who wants to do something, but he whatever he wants to do is labeled as a girl thing. Right. And, and how, how many wonderful kids probably got sidetracked from the things that they're good at because their parents didn't want them to do it because it was a sissy thing. And that's such a terrible thing terrible waste that really is that's a change in the world man when you look back in the day in the 40s fred astaire was like an icon man absolutely was gene kelly and danny kay and still is yeah and danny kay and people like that man and now people like it you don't see that shit no more nobody even you know it's just like nobody wants to do it much anymore it's like not even considered anything and i'm like what in the hell Fred Astaire was one of the coolest cats. Gene Kelly. They were all, man. I mean, Bing Crosby could sing his ass off. But, I mean, I don't know. It's like I was born in the wrong time period, man. I've told people that I don't know how many fucking times. You don't know how many times I'll be watching a damn 1940s movie, and I'm like, man, I should be sitting right there. Because this just ain't my time, man. Totally different time than I'd want to be living in this time. I don't give a shit about all these damn gadgets and this technology shit. Right. I was living just fine before I started using them. People say, we're living in the greatest time in the world. We are. Yeah, yeah we, can, we can do this and we can do this. And we can go to this and do that. We can zap this button and punch this button and screw this knob. Okay, great big shit. Have you touched the hearts of anybody lately? 
I mean, it's like a whole different place, man, when you read history and you look at it. Now, people say, well, you're just reading it like that. And everybody always says it wouldn't like this. I miss the good old days. You can't tell the difference of that and this, man. I'm telling you. I mean, I know I've heard it, too, when I was younger. I used to say the same damn thing, but let me tell you, it's different. And I'm not talking about going back to my day. I'm talking about going beyond. Because the 70s was bad, too, man. They had their problems. 60s. Oh, yeah. 60s, 70s. I'm telling you, man, the downfall of this country, and I'll tell it to anybody and everybody, it all started with the 1960s. (laughs) Vietnam War. I'll tell any motherfucker. I'll tell them any time, any day. And if you don't believe me, you look at the study of the American history up until the 1960s and then start following it afterwards and watch how shit changed. What? Look at how, look at it changed. I'm only chuckling because that's something that, that that and I hear again. I don't have an ideology. In case you're listening to us for the first time, but right, conservative conservatives always point the finger at the '60s and especially the hippies. Right, that whole I'm breakdown not, of society. That's what they. I'm not saying they, the hippies. I'm not saying the hippies. I know that. Say. I know you're not. I think yeah. drugs was a big problem. Absolutely. That I say, but not necessarily the hippies and the love movement. I could care less about that. The Vietnam War, I think, was a big issue. And I think the Civil War, I mean, the Civil War, shit, I've still had that on my mind. And the uh, drugs and the uh, Vietnam War were the two biggest things. And I don't think we ever recovered. And then the 70s, it came on down into the 80s. Then we had the crack years. Then we had now the meth years. And we got the heroin coming back. And you got all this shit. And kids ain't got no damn better. They've only gotten fucking worse. You look at the kids of the 1950s when the damn leave it to beavers. And you look at the kids of the day. Entitled. Don't give a shit. Sit on their fucking phones all day. Tell their parents they can go to fucking hell. If I'd have told my mom, my aunt and uncle, they could go to hell, they'd show me what hell was. Yep. I guarantee you, I'd know real quick what hell was when I got through telling them go to hell. Oh, they're just using their free mind. Yeah, they're just using their free mind. They need a fucking woodshed experience. There ain't no way in hell that it lasted in my house. People say, well, you shouldn't do that to your kids. Yeah, and that's why we're having school shootings today. I'm not for one for beating your kids now. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not one for, you know, taking out a damn chain, beating the hell out of them, or starving them, and then putting them in a damn closet and shit like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about abuse. But by God, if you can't tell the difference between the discipline of the 1950s and the disciplines today and the effects thereof, then I don't know. Brain dead's the best I got for you. Because, I mean, it, it is that big a difference. You tell me how, take 1955, just pick that year out of the fucking blue. You go research in any fucking library and tell me how many school shootings you had. Compared to last year and the year before that, the year before that. Matter of fact, I can guarantee you they wouldn't, in the last five years, you could total up in 1955, you wouldn't even reach as many as they've been in one year and ten years in the 1950s. Well, I remember when they first started happening, this was in the 1980s. I'm not exactly sure what year it was, but there was a real bad shooting. I believe it was at a McDonald's. It was a fast food restaurant. I'm pretty sure it was at McDonald's. Mm. 
and um, he killed a whole bunch of kids in that little play oh, area. And yeah, stuff. I remember about that. I heard about it. I remember reading about it. And I remember the the whole country was stunned. Mm. And now it's you know it's like well that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. everybody's desensitized. It's like they don't give a shit. Or it's not that they don't give a shit. It's just like you said. It's just a normal now. It's like you turn on the news. Oh, honey, they got another school shoot. Mm, damn. You want gravy on these biscuits? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much. And you think I'm exaggerating? I guarantee you it could happen somewhere right now. And in this country, that would have been the conversation that would have been spoken, right? What I just said. That would have been the extent. I mean, hell, there would have been weeks of fucking mourning in the 50s over that. I'm not sure that the society back then could even have processed that. Oh, no. No. <clears throat> no, I agree with you. No, no way. I mean, it would have been so shocking, they wouldn't even know what to do. You're talking about jaws dropping. Yeah. Well, hell, back in the back in the. 40s and the 30s, man, before all that, you didn't even hear people getting a divorce. You know what happened? You know who brought that popular? People made people, uh, divorce popular was Hollywood. Getting married four and five, six times. You didn't hear that shit before then. Hell, when people got divorced, it was a, it was a shameful thing back in them days, back in the early 20th oh, yeah. century. It was, it was like, oh, hell no. You mean so-and-so? It was like somebody died. So-and-so yeah. got divorced. Oh, shit. Nowadays, it's like, oh, they're getting married for the fourth time. Okay, I hope this one works. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent without that stuff, but just think about what I'm saying, what we're saying. Think about it. You'll see. Well, you got anything, man? Nah, I'm good, man. All right. Well, we're out of here. We'll be back uh, Monday. Yeah, this is yeah Thursday. We'll be back Monday night at 11 o'clock. Now, have a good weekend. Paycor knows HR teams are under pressure to recruit and retain top talent. You need more than HR tech. You need expertise at the core. Meet Paycor. Our technology saves you time. Our expertise helps you make a difference. Paycor.com slash meet Paycor. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Let's talk credit card debt for a minute. If you feel you're carrying too much of it, you're not alone. The average household in the U.S. carries over $8,000 in credit card debt. Ready for some good news? With a cash-out refinance from Quicken Loans, you can quickly and easily put some of the equity in your home to good use by paying off a lot of that high-interest credit card debt. A great way to take cash out is with our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.375%, APR 4.65%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN to learn how taking cash out with a 30-year fixed mortgage might be the right solution for you. And for a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rates subject to change. Pay 2.13% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030.